If you're snacking on anything but tasty cake, you're making a huge Miss Cake. A fistful of chocolate-covered raisins? Miss Cake. A spoonful of peanut butter? Bigger Miss Cake. Or the worst Miss Cake of all, your kid's Halloween candy, and it's April. If it's not tasty cake, it's a Miss Cake, because nothing satisfies like a perfectly sweet butterscotch crimpet or rich and creamy chocolate peanut butter candy cake. Tasty Cake. Accept no substitute. Hey everybody and welcome to the Billboard.com Pop Shop Podcast. My name is Jason Lipschutz and I am an associate editor and the Pop Shop blog editor of Billboard.com. Based in New York, on the other line in Los Angeles, is the Kansas City Royals to my San Francisco Giants. Uh Keith Caulfield, how's it going Keith? I'm good, and it's another sports reference that I haven't the foggiest idea what you're talking well, about. Well, you know what? So, so for listeners, based I, I was I was on vacation last week, and I heard the intro of last week's episode where you you and Gary Trust basically concluded that all I do is talk about sports. Well, kind of. Yeah. So of course I had to. Yeah, I had yeah. to talk about yeah. sports. It's you know. fine. How, how was how was how was the week without me? Was it just a blast not having me on here? It was incredibly stressful, and I was sweating it the entire time, and it wasn't it, it just wasn't the same without you. So I'm happy that you're back uh, well Keith we have a particularly special show we, we kind of intro every show as, as special but, but this, this one one's is really special. actually special this, this, is, this is actually special just no, hurry, hurry up and introduce me so I can talk about the Giants <laughs> <laughs> let's yeah let's just talk about sports the whole time we are joined by our first uh, ever special guest co-host of the pop shop podcast you know him from Glee. You know him from Girl, most likely. You know his music. His name is Darren Chris. What's going Darren, on? Darren, thank you so much for joining Hello. us, Hello. It's my absolute pleasure. I love I love Billboard, and uh, you know, I, what, I love talking music, so this is very cool. I can't guarantee other people well, are going to love it, but I, but I certainly do. <laughs> now, for, for a split well, second, Jason, I thought that you were saying... I th- so I'm a born and raised San Franciscan, so I'm a total Giants fan, and I thought for a second that you were saying that Keith was a Kansas City guy, and that you were referencing me when you said to the Samson uh, fans. And, I, and that's why I was like, uh-oh, Keith. But we're good. We're good. There's two of us, two Giants that's fans. Right. No, I'm, a, I'm, I'm, I'm actually a Philadelphia Phillies fan. But oh, I want okay. it to be topical. I want it to be about the playoffs. So. Oh, God, I've I lost both of you now to sports. This is just – okay, I'm going to put the headphones down. You guys have at it. All I'll right. See you next week. See cool. Keith. Bye. Bye. <laughs> dude. Um, well, well, Darren, like I said, man, really uh, happy to have you here. And, you know, we're going to talk about everything going on in music today with you. We're going to talk about, you know, Megan Trainor still number one on the Hot 100. We're going to talk about rising songs from Tovlo and Bobby Shmurda and Nick Jonas and Ed Sheeran. And we're going to talk about Taylor Swift's new track and a whole lot more. But but first, uh, just a couple quick questions for you, uh, Darren. You kind of alluded to it, but you it sounds like you're a, like a pop music junkie yourself. Yeah, for better or for worse. I mean, um, I think, uh, well, when you are in... Um, when, how do I put this? How do I was... I was I'm going to rewind here so you can edit this out. Um, I mean, I've always been a music junkie, and um, there's a difference between listening to the radio a lot and like following what they're chart positions are and who their labels are who their reps are i was the kid that read the liner notes who read the producers who knew the right not knew personally but who always kept a pretty watchful eye on who was writing the big pop hits because as a kid that's really what i wanted to do i wanted to be writing in pop music or producing pop music and just um so it's just a big hobby that i love it's just how some people know every actor and every movie and every director and that's kind of how I feel about music and um, I don't know it's just it's a hobby again for better or for worse that I, I love um, keeping tabs on so Billboard obviously is the kind of destination spot for 
for guys like me. So this is great. I, I love talking about it. Having said that, I feel like I've just sabotaged my, you know, the next however many minutes where I talk about <laughs> stuff and I won't actually know what I'm talking about. Oh, now it's time we quiz him. So, I know. <laughs> who produced? We'll be like, what, what do you think of the new Taylor Swift song? And you're like, Taylor who? Swift? I know. I have my iPhone next to me looking that up, who that is. No. Um, <laughs> no, I mean, by no means do I claim to be an aficionado, but I, it definitely is a... Um, a point of interest for me, and I think probably a little more than uh, most uh, radio listeners. I, I go home and I look up, you know, on all music who you know wrote and produced a certain song. So that's my thing. <laughs> well, there you go, man. And bef- we're going to jump into it with you. But before we do, I-, I would be remiss if I didn't ask just a couple quick questions about Glee. You know, I you know, I have to do it. The final season is approaching. Um, how are you feeling about it? Is it is it just kind of like a bittersweet moment in your yeah, life? Yeah, and you know, I, I appreciate you even saying, like, trying to be diplomatic with saying, you know, I, I have to ask about it. First of all, I, I love talking about it, and the more the show, um, the show's end is coming into focus, the more I go, like, hell yeah, I love talking about Glee, because there's going to be a, a time very, you know, not too far from now when, you know, it's done, and no one wants to talk about Glee anymore, so um, I'm, I'm happy to talk about it all I can. Um, yeah, it is a bittersweet ending. I mean, like all really great positive experiences, um, that come to a close, you kind of hope that you're in a mix between, you know, not wanting it to end, but being ready to leave. And, um, the metaphor that I always use is it's, it's nice to be able to see the finish line, but I'm, I'm definitely not like running towards it. Um, most television shows don't have the luxury of knowing when they're going to end. So, um, being able to have the the, the time to have closure, both mentally, spiritually, personally, whatever you want to, however you want to think about it. It's nice to, you know, kind of get that opportunity because a lot of people's shows get just pulled from under them. They find out in an article on deadline and, and yeah. that's it. <laughs> and um, so I'm, I'm uh, it'll be sad to see it over. I mean, I was talking about this last night with a friend. I don't think I've ever done anything for five years ever. We were th- talking about you know, uh, relationships, jobs, living in an apartment. I've never been doing, one, you know, being committed to one thing for, for as long as I've been to Glee. So um, that'll be a shift. But, hey, man, talk about a cool thing to have been committed to. So I'm, I'm, I'm happy and I'm just trying to soak it all in before it's over and uh, enjoy being a teenager <laughs> on television, you know. <laughs> I I, 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 yeah. I want to say, Jason, uh, Darren's actually here on his day off. Um, he took the time out from, I mean, he could have just, you know, hung around on the couch all day, but he very kindly came in on his day off from Glee to do Well, this. I'm still in a pretty comfy chair. Let's not sell the, the It's a very, it's a, <laughs> it's a very fabulous short. studio. Yeah, we're in. it's really glamorous. It's, it's super glam. It's There's yeah. there's catering is amazing in this here. This is out, out of control. Yeah. Like, I see some Fritos. Yeah, there's, there's go-go dancers <laughs> in the corner, and there's a pole. It's what am I missing in L.A. right now? Should I, like, hop on a, on a plane over there? Uh, you thought New York not had not as exciting good. over here. Oh, no, know, no. Yeah, seriously. you're definitely missing out. Like, I'm, I'm definitely trying to bat away the amount of glamour that is being <laughs> you're batting away the glamour yeah um, that's hilarious so i i mean i i know like it, it's it's you know it, it definitely is something special and and something that it sounds like you really cherish and I, I know that you can't reveal too too much about the upcoming season but you know i i know fans are dying to know where where do you hope blaine ends up and and more specifically where do you hope kurt and blaine end up when this show wraps um i have to choose my words carefully mm. because whatever i'm about to say mm. will be turned into a soundbite yeah. and uh you hope and, for the best and wonderfully distributed throughout all the 
the uh, the avenues of this say. stuff. Yeah. Mm. Um, well, I, I mean, I, I actually, I, it is too early to yeah. say. I don't know because we're still just in the beginning of the season. Like how many um, episodes have you even shot now? I've only shot two. Oh, okay. So, so I, did, so I yeah. don't really know. Um, I have my hopes, you know. I think the romantic and and actually the the pragmatist in me. <laughs> I was not was going to make it romantic, but the absolute um, uh, practical common sense in me goes, well, yeah, they should be together. Like all great, you know, fun duh. love stories. Like, duh, it's not even, it, it's funny because it like, it's like when you're watching a romantic comedy and if you press pause in the middle of the movie, you go, what do you think? What do you hope happens? And you go, I hope they end up together. It's like, yeah, of course they're going to end up yeah. together. That's the whole point. Yeah. Um, but you just want to hear somebody say it. So um, I don't hold the keys to the, to the plot at all i don't know i just work there tweet ryan murphy right? yeah exactly maybe yeah well i think enough i think enough fans are doing that <laughs> yeah. for for me um i mean i'm sure they'll together. i'd love to see that but uh who knows she's glee you know can do anything at the drop of the hat so who knows what'll happen but of course you know you want to see them together and in, in some nice you know flourish of an ending you know and tie yeah. everything up in a nice little bow i think the fans would appreciate that but who knows um who really who who knows uh, there's little who things knows? you know we only have so many episodes left i mean i'd i'd love to meet like blaine's family his parents but there's so many characters on the show and you know a lot of people we got to focus yeah. on that, it's hard uh, to balance everything because there's there's so much there's so many different stories happening it's yeah, really hard, yeah. It, it's really tough so i mean i'm just happy to still be on there you know if we if we focus on parents then we got to start focusing on that and then you know we lose Glee, the parents the miniseries well i'll tell you what we've <laughs> that's the spinoff just we, the parents we've met a lot of the other characters parents i'm just like i know i came on season two i know i'm still not one of the og members but like it'd be cool just to meet somebody but those are my selfish musings but other than that man uh what can i say um that probably isn't already out there um you know, I think, you know, a lot of the the characters have taken on more um, adult, and I'm using quote fingers, adult roles, whatever that means. They're still kids. Um, and so, you know, that, that presents new uh, new situations for them. I mean, these I'm painting in, incredibly boring broad strokes <laughs> that are not, are things that all the <laughs> no, fans no, know. No, no, it's great. Um, no, but I, I mean, what, what's been what's been so cool for us over at Billboard is that while this show has been a phenomenon on tv you know it's also really impacted our charts and, and set yeah. a bunch of records and <laughs> i mean you know that's a, that's a little bit of an understatement as keith can tell you but glee, glee, I, glee has charted more singles than anyone else on the hot 100 chart in the history of the chart so i read yeah. a really so, cool i mean that's something hey that's something there was a really cool um, billboard article and forgive me if it wasn't billboard and if it was like another trade pit like variety or deadline or something but i'm just gonna it was probably it was, it, it was probably us if it was cool it, it was, was cool, really it was cool well let's hope it was you but i'm gonna say for the purposes of covering my own <laughs> <laughs> bases here there was a really cool article about the direct correlation between um the grammy nominations and grammy wins in the past uh several years and uh the the biggest glee songs and um you can't really say obviously a great song is a great song. And so we're doing it on Glee because it's a great song. Like they're not getting Grammys because we did it on Glee. That's absurd. But what I'm saying is that there's, there tended to be, uh, there was a, a few songs that we had done. Funds We Are Young is one Funds of Funds We Are Young. Yeah. And I will never forget this. The night yeah. that Fun One um, had a big winning. Was it two years ago? Three years ago? Yeah. Um, I ran into um, Jack Antonoff. I, I had met his sister. But, you know, I'm not saying we're best buds by any means, but he's, he's very nice to me. And we have a, very cordial, very friendly uh, little relationship. And uh, he he came up to 
me and uh, was just like, hey man, like that Glee was huge for us. Thanks. And now like again, I don't I don't hold the keys to the castle. It's not like I personally did anything. I'm the guy that goes, sweet, we get to sing that fun song. Um, but uh, it was cool that he kind of, you know, that was part of his artistic. Like he made, you know, the effort to kind of come up to me and let people nice. know. And uh, again, I thoroughly believe that if we had never done it on Glee, they would have done just the same because it's a great song. It's a great record. They're an amazing band. So like whatever. But, you know, it certainly didn't hurt. And yeah. it was nice of him. No, to, that, uh, that specific song, it totally helps. There was like the one-two punch of, of that. And there was the commercial that I was in with the Super Bowl. Yep. But, huge but Glee placement. was on it first. Yeah. Um, and there's been a couple examples. Um, uh, a great big world. Uh, great you guys big world. That was fun. Something. And yeah. those guys are pals of mine. Gra- for oh, sure. Was the, the happy new year song. Yeah. Yeah. And that was uh bless. God bless our, um, uh, one of our music guys, uh, one of our higher ups that just, I guess had, had met the boys in the band years before and just somehow really wanted it to be on the show. And it was just one of these that yeah, was really unusual. magical yeah. moments. Yeah. Cause it did. That song didn't have any heat Mm-mm. per se. I don't it even just know if they were signed yet. Yeah. yeah. They weren't, I think, I think Ellie Reed picked them up from yeah. the heat that they got from that. And so that's big credit to, I think uh shout out to Jeff Bywater over at uh, Fox who I think just picked that song up. Um, I think yeah, I got a lot of a lot of great songs. Actually, there was an even uh, there was another another Billboard article sh- shout out. See, I clearly like keep up. With yeah, you guys. this was right after the Super Bowl, about maybe two years ago, and you guys were talking about the reasons the top. It was like a one hundred uh, avenues by which songs you know get chart or, or get uh, any kind of traction, and it was anything from SNL to oh, was the, YouTube it was the, videos. It was uh, it was like the. Yeah, it's that it's maximum a, exposure. Maximum exposure. Maximum list. exposure. Yeah. yeah, was it a hundred? Was it fifty or something? It's like reasons? the top fifty or hundred. Top fifty yeah. reasons, and like Glee was up there. At, like mm-hmm. number one was like the Super Bowl. Yeah, um, which was fascinating. The numbers on that, but you know all the other things that you think of, like having a um, a popular car commercial, um, YouTube uh, viral thing. I mean, there were so many ways a song can get on there, and Glee was was somewhere in pretty like maybe the, the within yeah. the top twenty, which is pretty extraordinary. But uh, how do we get into that? I don't know. We're, we're just about? rambling. See, this is this is why Darren's Glaze. great because he just talks about. Pop. Hey, that's fu- hey, don't stop the pop, man. Yeah, <laughs> let it go, man. I, well, I was gonna ask. So, is there anything that you'd like to sing on the final season? I, I know that you know you've already done a couple episodes, but is there something out that out there now that you're like, yeah, this would make a lot of sense for my character and for the show, and it's a great song. Um, I don't know anymore. I definitely, I think I'm thinking more in terms of what I. Um, it used to be, oh, that would be a cool song to sing. Like before I, before I had the option of having a lot of songs, like when I first joined the show, I made a list of things you know, that were up in my wheelhouse, like, you know, a lot of American songbook standards and, you know, a lot of Motown, a lot of Sam Cooke and stuff like that, that I just thought would be a cool flavor. Cause I was looking at it in terms of what colors had not been put on the canvas, you know, yet, um, for both my character and for the kind of glee stew of songs that they had done but as time has gone by we've done a lot of songs and you know other other characters have done stuff that that is kind of um osmosed into just like my general being pleased with still just being able to sing anything so i'm not really specific anymore so right now i'm more thinking of what songs i want to sing as like a conclusive thing for blaine mm-hmm. i definitely have the songs and i'm definitely not going to tell you what those are oh okay well, uh because because if they happen then it, then it won't be that's a surprise fair. and i don't even know if they'll, they'll let me do them but um there's songs that come out every now and then i go that'd be a cool song i mean you know i'm i'm an alt radio rat so there's always cool stuff coming up we're like oh that'd be a cool song but there'd be no <laughs> there'd be no way to contextualize that in anything right. um that's so, good yeah i like that answer it's, oh really? I felt I like that was kind of man. all over the yeah. place. So thank you. No, no, it's good. 
So, I mean, can't wait for the final season of Glee. When, when is the premiere date? Um, I don't know. I think it's, it got shifted around. I mean, this is interesting. Yeah, because yeah. it's, it's not It's in January. Yeah. I didn't know the exact date. It's interesting because but, um, we're shooting a season. We're finishing the show before we get to see it. That's really a trip because we uh, typically, you know, finish and, you know, we'll, we'll be at least two episodes behind what you see on television. So we'll watch it basically right around when everybody else watches it. And we will have, by the time it's on TV, we'll be done. You know, I think, or that's I, I think that's how we were. I mean, that might change, but I think that's the game plan as of now. Wow. You know, so that's that's just wild to me. That like I'll, I'll see the first episode, you know, something I shot. So what is it now? It's uh, we're in October, September. We're October. Yeah. So I'll see, you know, something in January, February that we shot in October, and I'll be like, oh yeah, that's right. Just wild. Just like stroke your stroke your chin like I remember that day. Yes, I remember. I'm in my old glee days. I have a big belly and a huge, huge beard. <laughs> you're you're gonna go to pot that quickly. Yeah, yeah. It's just it's just I'm just, everything's just gonna I'm gonna let loose. It's gonna be all over. Awesome, after man. That. Well, I, I can't wait. I can't wait to see it uh, in a couple months, and I'm sure you you feel the same way. But all right, man. Let's let's uh let's do it. Let's, let's talk let's tunes, turn to, baby. Uh, let's turn to some tunes. Uh, Hot 100. This week, Megan Trainers, all about that bass. Still number one, sixth week at number one, Keith. That's pretty. Uh, it's it's still rocking and rolling in there. That's really cool. Yeah, it's 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 um yeah it's. I think I feel like Taylor is going to go back to number one at some point soon because, well, the, but then again, Taylor could be number one with a brand new single. So wait, so hold on, let me. So is is Trainer been number one for six weeks consecutively? She has. Yes. 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 So when did so. I'm assuming before that Taylor six was week, one. it was Shake It Off. Yeah, yeah, yeah that okay. That makes so she, sense. so Taylor was number one, then she's been basically stuck at like number two for the past like five, six weeks. Very cool. Um, so it's tough. To so, so, <laughs> yeah. So Keith, I, I mean, that that's the thing that that I was going to ask you is is Taylor Swift's new song Out of the Woods. It came out on mid at midnight Eastern time on Monday. Yeah. And it's it's they're not calling it a single yet. But I, I mean, there's been such an overwhelming reaction to this song, which was produced by uh, Jack the aforementioned yeah. Jack Antonoff. Uh, Darren, Darren, what do you think of this song, man? Well, are, are you so are, are I was, a huge fan of it? I was going to tell Keith. So basically, um, so I'm a big Terror fan, and um, like everybody else, I suppose. Uh, and I heard the snippet that they played on Good Morning America. Was it the Good Morning America or was it the Morning Show? Yeah, I get them confused. Good Morning America. Yeah. Good Morning America. And it was just a small tidbit, and uh, I texted Jack just because we had spoken. Name dropper. Name dropper. It just it just dropped all over this. Well done. Uh, I like that. Floor. Oh, that's a good one. Um, well, <laughs> you know, and if Jack ever hears it, it's, it's like when people drop my name and I go, we don't really know each other. Um, Jack, I mean, just to make it very clear, like we're not like best friends or anything. I just he's just a very he's nice. He's here in the room with he's us. Here, he's here. He's watching. He's making sure I'm not screwing it. Jack, up. come on over. It's cool. You know. Um, just a super, just a very nice guy. Very nice guy. I I I've got to meet his like family when we when I went to their show so anyway he's always been nice to me and um he we exchanged information and I saw him um in Montreal this past summer at Oshiaga and uh, we were talking about some of the records he'd produced and the stuff that he did with Taylor I knew he had worked on the new record and so when I heard this one song I was like oh man it's cool it sounds like with forgetting that Jack had worked on it, I was like, "Oh man, this sounds like a cool Bleachers cover done by Taylor Swift." And then I texted him, and then I looked it up, and it turned out that he had actually co-written and produced the song with her. So I was like, "Hey man, this sounds great. I'm glad to hear." It's cool when you hear, um, you know, I, we're gonna be talking about this a lot, I assume, but I'm just gonna hint at it now. But like the buzzword and the concept of the 
the burgeoning mono genre that is be that is upon our music scene. Uh, it's interesting when you hear certain bits from other, um, uh, other, I guess, uh, radio stations and other types of um, music that find its way into the pop scene via somebody that has the vehicle to do so. So, you know, if Taylor does any type of music, if she turned around and did a Bossa Nova record, yeah. that would be a massive pop song that would be incorporating Bossa Nova. And I'm not saying that that Out of the Woods is a particularly genre-specific genre song, but the the structure and the the production on it that does sound, if you know the Bleachers record it sounds like something that could be off that but obviously with her taste and it's like a perfect hybrid of the two of them so as a Bleachers fan and a Taylor fan I think it's really cool and I think it's gonna do well but she's also a bulletproof um, artist it's yeah. like when you put Transformers out and they say like and this is no disrespect to Transformers but I'm talking about like any big blockbuster franchise it doesn't matter if critically you don't necessarily get you know, the A-plus report card. She just steamrolls over everything. Yeah, you steamroll everything because yeah. you have a massive franchise that actually, like, completely negates content. But the the, be- the best thing here is that the content is the actually good. The content's great, yeah. It's great. So, yeah. no disrespect to Transformers. Shout out to Transformers. No, but that... We, 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 <laughs> Shout out to Transformers. We've talked about that in the past with Taylor. Like, she... You know, some artists say like, "Oh, like, this is my... This is like a buzz single, or this is like a street single, or this is a teaser single... Taylor's just like, no, this is my single, and this is the video, and mm. this is the album, and boom. And it's just, she's just so enormous that it's just, it. yes, it will be a hit. And right. the great thing is, like you said, she actually makes great pop music right. that sounds great. And it, like, it, make, it, it's just great stuff. There, there's interesting that we yeah. were talking about Megan, Megan and, and Taylor because Megan, you know, a song, so when, when you come out of the woodwork, if you, you know, with a single, and you are making a name for yourself. All about that. So, you know, when when you don't have Taylor Swift's, you know, enormous uh, career behind her already, um, you are looking for that single to make the artist. There's always, it's like, the single has to make the artist on the first batter up. Yeah. And once you've been around for a while, the artist can make the single. So, you know, Call Me Maybe your um you know for for Carly Rae that was the single that made the artist with Megan Trainer obviously the song makes her now so it's the point it's the point where the ne- whatever comes next obviously you don't have to have as much I'm not saying you don't have any care but you don't have to worry about it as much of like how is this going to come out of the gate whereas you know at this point because she's had so many massive singles at iHeartRadio every single song that Taylor Swift played was a massive, massive hit. It was so crazy because they played like what five or six songs. Yeah, Jason was there. Yeah, she played five. Songs. Oh yeah, so you know what I'm talking about. You just go every single one of these is a hit. So, you know, it is, it, like you said, Keith. I mean, she is a fantastic artist and a great songwriter and 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 such a and she just, you know, talking about the report card. She checks out on all fronts. Yeah. You know, image and, and marketing and and fan everything. She's great. The, the I was gonna say the danger though, and and I. I I don't want to dwell on it too much is that the danger of having a hit like all about that bass or call me maybe is that the hit can become so huge that it overshadows everything that you attempt to do oh, afterwards. The yeah, it's true. Um, and it, no matter sort of the quality of music that you make afterwards, sometimes it's hard to step away from that shadow that's cast so large. Yeah. I mean, I mean that, yeah. it's, it's, it's a great, it's a great point because you think of someone like Carly Rae Jepsen and you know, call me maybe that's what she's known for. It was number one for nine weeks, but she also had a number, another top 10 hit with good time with Al city. But, but just because call me maybe was such a huge hit that people almost kind of 
you know relegate her to the one hit wonder which she's not uh, category she's even, not, yeah really unfairly is, yeah. so yeah the the title ep is super good i mean she's got this really cool I, again at iheart you kind of get a chance to see these people live she's got this cool like dusty springfield look that, with yeah. this kind of um it's a really distinctive very, voice it's very distinct and she can sing with a capital s she's got a really great um she just got a really great vibe i mean she she's just got it going on it was one of those like oh cool like this this can work like yeah. it's it's definitely something that she can sustain and i hope she can because there's some really great songs on that on that record um caddish i think is the guy who produced that um mm. he's i forget his name uh kevin caddish i think is the producer yes writer, yeah and and she just released a new song a couple days ago called lips are moving which i, I like a lot oh cool i'll have to check um, that out i like the song yeah. title itself is a song on that on the ep excellent song if anyone's listening let's go check that out See, he's a he's a pop music geek. He knows like deep deep EP cuts. Oh yeah. Well, Megan Trainer still number one. uh, Shake it off still number two. Uh, New to the top five this week is Habits Stay High by Tovlo. It keeps rising, rises six to four this week. Now in the top five, Um, and and also in the top ten this week, Bobby Schmurda with Hot Boy. It is now in the top ten. It it bumps up two spots from number twelve to number (laughs) ten. I think our favorite song. I think both of these doing well, both ex- both speak. I mean, anywhere, anytime you have anything popular in the zeitgeist of culture, it's indicative and like it, it is a signifier of what is going on in our culture. It's it's always kind of a cool little arch- um, archaeological dig of like where we're at in our society. Where um, so first of all, I was m- mentioning the mono genre. I don't know if you guys talk about this in your discussions or what that means. It's like a big you know blog uh, Darren's elevating the conversation much higher than well I don't know I, <laughs> I, know. I figure this is something you talked man. about well I mean okay so uh, don't quote me on this I, again this is a very like buzzy word that you read a lot about music blogs and and culture blog it's just so the mono genre basically alludes to this um, homogenization of of all music that's coming together where you have you know I hear stuff on alt radio that could very well be on pop radio pop radio and all radio. The, the lines are getting very blurry um and that is not a blurred Ryan lines reference. Um, <laughs> they, uh, you know, you know, Rihanna cut songs that could like. There's a lot of elements of um, trap music and hip hop. It's like the cross pollinization between all these. Yeah, other genres. it's a huge cross pollinization, and that has a lot to do with internet. Culture. There's a lot of reasons for it that you can. A lot of variables that don't necessarily matter right now. Let's just pretend. So if there is this thing called the mono genre, it's it's the like your lords and your tovlos that really incorporate a lot of elements from a lot of different kinds of music. So they have this amazing cross platform, um, you know, reachability is more and more accessible. And it happens a lot with a lot of female artists. I find of these really cool, hip, um, you know, dark content, but high like high product lower low. I don't know. Like I don't want to. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like habits, you know, I like, don't quote me on these because I, I don't want to, you know, have my, uh, music pals make fun of me for, for misquoting things, but, um, just the production value of a lot of these can, you know, be on a lot of different radio stations. Mm-hmm. And, um, Tovlo is, is like this cool Swedish pop artist that has, is killing it right now and just keeps getting better and better because the song is great. The content is gritty. It's, um, you know, it's it's not, you know, bottles up, bottles up, party yeah. at night. It's very personal and it cuts deep and it kind of in a way that I'm sure a lot of people felt about, you know, the way that a lot of folk singers were singing in the 60s where you have these things where it's not just doo-wop, shoo-wop, shoo-wop, dance all night. It's like, no, I'm like getting messed up and I have problems. And and really being bringing kind of the poeticism back to the, 
the charts, which is really exciting from a from a writing standpoint because mm. it's cool to see people reacting to that, and um, it sticks out like like a I was gonna say a sore thumb, but like a really cool thumb, and uh, yeah, that's that's cool because that that just tells me that our that our listeners and our society is like longing for that sound and they are supporting it on the f- absolute flip side of that coin is Shmurda, <laughs> which is again, like I just heard this song and uh, my buddy just said, you know, the, the kind of magical combination that is almost hilariously obvious and is a tale as old as time, which is the dance craze mixed with the song. Yeah. You can look at any song, any popular disco tune any popular you know twist this tune, is like the hustle of a new the generation. hustle twist the night away the macarena um you know the dougie there's so many things that are incorporated with songs that thanks to the viral distributing generation you know they have these dances that actually precede the song itself where you'll hear about a dance and be like oh you haven't heard the song I had never heard the song. That's probably because I had never seen the dance. Right. Um, so that's why it's doing really well. And that's, that's great, man. I mean, it's like, know how to ride the wave. If, yeah. the, if the wave is Vine and videos and, and that kind of distribution, then like, hey, good on you, Bobby Shmurda. So, so we're, we're getting so smarter Darren, with have, our lyrics and crazier with our dances <laughs> via the internet. Have you, uh, so Darren, Darren, have you ever attempted the Shmoney dance yet? No, I just literally learned this within an hour. I, I was. Oh, like, okay. I was we might have. To, we might have to get. We might have to learn it together at some point. Well, it's a podcast. Um, I might actually be doing it. He might right be doing it right now. now. He's actually on the table. Um, it's great. I'm going left. I'm going right. Oh my He's, god. I don't know. If, I don't know if the audio from these things pan left to right, but that's what I'm doing. It's great. He's. <laughs> I mean. It, <laughs> I mean, Keith, 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 and I have talked about how this year there's been so many new voices in pop music and saying so many different things from you know someone who's a new a huge star now like Iggy Zelia to Magic to you know now you have Tovlo and Megan Trainer and Bobby Shmurda like it's it's just been such a fascinating year. It's cool and it is cool and, and, and you know on on the on the other side of the coin. Um, to borrow one of your phrases, is is uh, a veteran like Nick Jonas, my kind boy of Nick, striking yes. your boy Nick. I know striking a new pose and striking it very well this week on the Hot 100. His single "Jealous" continues to surge. It goes from number 40 to number 28 on the Hot 100. Was that Keith? Was that Keith or Darren? That, I'm, that was, I'm, that was oh, definitely Keith. Keith. That, was, that was definitely Darren. Oh my God, Keith, you sound awesome. Man. I know that Keith, was amazing. Yeah, Keith, you're good. Man. And you'll see me on the charts. Uh, so I mean, <laughs> what? So you guys, th- I, I think this song totally has the potential to be a smash. What? What, what do you guys think? I, I, I think it's, I it's, think this it, is going to be inescapable. Keith, like, Keith should go because I'm just going to go on a rant. It's. It's. Um. I watched the video for the first time. I don't know. I guess it came out just like a week ago, and it's. Um. I mean, he's really kind of reinvented himself um, sort of amazingly. And, and we talked about this a couple of weeks ago when we talked about the year of the booty. And uh, you knew I was going to bring up Nick Jonas's booty. <laughs> of course I knew you were going to bring it up, man. Because how can I not talk about Nick Jonas's booty? I might not talk about that. That's so all right. I might want to cover that. That's cool. Yeah. I'll cover the booty. Um, but, you know, the, the great thing is that he's been able to kind of completely do a 180 um, where he's gone from sort of like this sort of um, – the, the portrait of like an innocent young pop star that's like squeaky clean to, you know, shaved head, like, like bulked up, like, you know, sort of like, 
like, you know, TV action drama star slash singer songwriter who's like earnest, but also like has sex appeal. And he's able to like, he's, he's, he's able to do it. He actually has a top 40 hit now, which is just something that you probably wouldn't have thought of like three months ago or a year ago, like Nick Jonas now is like the sort of pinup with his own top 40 single. I think it's amazing what he's done with his career recently. See, I'm, I'm the other, uh, I always thought it was just a matter of time. I mean, Nick to me is, he's, he's a savant. He's an, he's, he's an excellent musician. Um, he's, he's a really great drummer. He's a great, he's a, he's a great player. You know, mm-hmm. he knows how to play his music. He's, he's got chops on a lot of different instruments. He's a great writer. He has been in, the business for a while so he's got a lot of things going for him where you know a move like this I can imagine he's just been waiting to make at the right time I think <clears throat> I think the trappings of having started as they were as one as 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 younger guys and, and under the Disney thing is that you know I always I always got mad when I was in so when, when I was in college uh you know I had my big hair and people and this is when they were like you know really 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 huge as the Jonas Brothers and I think the television show was on and there was a joke where people would call me the bonus Jonas and I would I would kid cuz I you know was in bands oh, and wow. guitar, but it was it was the a joke bonus and I Jonas. didn't and I didn't actually know any of their music and I think nor did most of the people that you know were kind of making this comment cuz right. it was more about commenting on you know Disney culture without actually knowing anything about it I think most people that are you know, even worse than actual music snobs are people that don't know pop music and dislike it without mm-hmm. even listening to it. So what I would always say is when people go, oh, man, like, uh, or make some kind of Jonas Brothers comment, like, oh, no, we're just kidding. You're not like the Jonas Brothers. Don't worry about it. And be like, why? What do you mean by that? Ah, oh, no, man. Well, they, those, they're guys, that's that's not real music. I'm, oh, yeah, really? So what song are you talking about? Like, name one Jonas Brothers song that you dislike, that you don't like. And they could never answer it. And um, their music has always been good. It's just that they haven't had the um platform and the ability to be and and it's it's funny that i say that because they obviously had a massive platform like yes. make no yeah. mistake had a massive platform and a huge fan base but none that um it was a very specific kind it was a specific kind yeah. and the the people that are hearing jealous i think a lot of them probably i mean it's tough i don't have the analytics analytics on this but i think for most like dudes like listening to the radio that didn't get hip to the Jonas Brothers, you would not know. You would not know, yeah. and you'd hear that song and go, "This is awesome. This is great." If, if, so if it was just like the test, like the test, uh, test tasting scenario, where you yeah. have like a glass of Nick Jonas and a glass of whatever you know in front of you, and you you listen to the song, you're like, and if you don't know who it is, you're like, "That's cool. I like it. This and is like, cool. I like it. Exactly. It's Nick Jonas. Exactly. Really? And, yeah. Oh, right. And the people. Walk well, what, what's fu- what's what's funny is that he came. He he actually stopped in about two months ago into the New York office and, and played Jealous and a, a couple other songs before they were released. And you could just see in his disposition, in his in his voice, and just the way he talked about his new music, that he was so confident oh, in what yeah. he was putting out. And he, and he was so ready to kind of move on to this new phase of his solo career. I mean, he, he put out the Nick Jonas and the Administration album, and, and he basically said, like, no, this is, this is the first step of myself. This is the first shot of Nick Jonas. And, That's awesome. And he was, he's totally ready for it. The the point, just before I forget, the point that I was trying to illustrate when I was talking about their older songs is that I think there's a lot of songs that Nick wrote for the older stuff that had, um, you know, it'd been produced now and he's sung it now under the platform of what he had now, or what he's gonna about to do now, even though they're not the same kinds of songs. I do think there's a lot of songs from then that could have easily 
under the kind of blind taste test metaphor that we're using earlier could have done equally as well. Um, I think take that with a grain of salt, considering that he has changed his, like he's gone through great lengths to kind of really define this new, like you said, I was watching an interview with him where he was saying that this was, you know, after all the success that he's had as a musician, he's really like, this is the one, this is exciting. So I think, yeah, I think it's just the beginning for him. And, uh, I'm excited. Is the album out or is it just the, no, it's, it's coming out like in a, I think a month, I think November. November. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and yeah. I, I just want to say, Jason, the, the blind taste sure. testing was used to great effect back in the late eighties with Donny Osmond. Um, Hey, yeah. Hey, yeah. A little bit chart, uh, early chart stat of the week for you. His song soldier of love, which, um, I mean, Donny Osmond was from the Osmonds and, you know, Donny and Marie, and he had all this sort of like the, the impressions of what a Donny Osmond song should sound like. Cause I got radio stations were like, we're not going to play Donny Osmond in 1989. I think that's when the song came out. And so they actually sent out white label copies to radio stations that had no name or artist or anything on it, no identifiers on it. And radio stations just started to play it and they started to get requests and people were like, man, I love that song. And then they said, Oh, by the way, it's Donny Osmond. And people were like, what? But it's still, it's continued to become a hit and it went all the way to the top of the chart. Um, so, you know, sometimes it's hard to escape that stuff in the past, but when, when the musicality is there and when the artistry is there, you know, oftentimes it shines through and that's what's happening with Nick. Yeah. There, I, I there love this so song. Much, there was so much I wanted to say, but I forget. I'm going to remember it like at the end. You can come back next week. Come back. Yeah. yeah. I'll just have to <laughs> come back next week, man. Yeah. Let's You're the do permanent, it. permanent um, co-host, Darren. All about it. <laughs> um, so, so moving on to uh, a very notable hot 100 debut. So Jimmy Fallon now has a top 40 hit with you. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. so uh, this is, this is unbelievable. And Keith, before we get you talked to Jimmy Fallon about an hour and a half ago, I did. <laughs> let's recap. Let's recap for those who are unaware. It's been a big day for you, man. Hanging out with Darren, Chris, yeah, and you know, talking to Jimmy Fallon, and you know, brush brush off those shoulders, man. Hanging out with you, um, Jason. You know, it's hard. Yeah. Oh, I come third. Okay. Um, so let's let's recap. How how did this happen? What is you, and how did this happen? So yeah, is uh, Jimmy Fallon's yeah yeah. Jimmy Fallon's new single featuring Will I Am. Um, it's sung in the character of Sarah. That's S A R A, no H, because H's are yeah. Um, on The Tonight Show starring Jimmy Fallon. And the song and video both premiered last Monday. And um, the, the idea behind it was that Will I Am wanted to be a guest on Ill, which is a recurring show, recurring skit on uh, Tonight Show starring Sarah without the H as sort of like this 14 year old um, ill braces girl that Jimmy plays. And um, he's been doing this skit for years and will I am expressed interest in being in it. And uh, he even said, Oh, I'll make you a song. You can be in a song. And Jimmy's like, okay, I'm not really a singer. He's like, that's all right. And, you know, basically overnight produced this song and Jimmy and some of his co-writers wrote some of the lyrics and they made a video and, and, um, What's Will I Am's name? It it's so funny. Miriam. 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 That's me. Is so funny. Miriam. It's such a dumb. I forgot awesome about joke. that. I, that's my that's, favorite that's part hilarious. of the whole place. <laughs> Miriam. Oh, because it takes a second. Like what? Oh, like, Miriam. Oh, oh, yeah. And it's yeah. such a silly like name anyway. Like I don't know how many fourteen-year-old girl Miriams I've met. <laughs> so it just tickles me. Oh, I love it. Um, <laughs> the thing that's the thing about that video is that I I, I watched since I was on vacation I, I watched it a couple days after it came out and it's just so funny how how there are so many jokes it's like a three minute clip and there are like 
there's a joke every like half second i feel like in in that video it is it's so funny and so wacky and now it's a it's a top 40 hit on the hot 100 um and he and he, he lost his marbles on the phone by the way this morning because um i'm just introing <laughs> the little bit that we're going to play i talked to him for like 15 minutes on the phone um this morning uh we're recording this on wednesday and um he did not know where he was at on the chart he did not know <laughs> Like he, he, I had asked them, I said, can I talk to Jimmy, um, for the, for the podcast and for a story, blah, 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 because it's likely he's going to debut and I, I want to tell him. And so he got on the phone and I said, I, you know, you know, and you'll, you'll well, wait, hear it. Well, let's, let's, let's just yeah. play it. Let's play the clip. All right. So here is Keith telling Jimmy Fallon where it makes it on the hot 100. Take, take a listen. Joining us on the pop shop podcast today is a very special guest. He's a Grammy and Emmy Award winner, and he's the host of The Tonight Show starring Jimmy Fallon. It's Jimmy Fallon. How are Yay! you, sir? Yay! Hey, how are you? Yeah, I'm adding audience because uh, we have no audience. Uh, I'm so happy to be here on the show. This is very exciting. This is a very big day for me, a very exciting day because either you're going to give me some good news or you're going to give me some, some bad news. But you, you hold I'm... it in your hands. You can control. You could lie. Also, that's no. a third option. That, that is a third option. Come on. Do you want right. to be nice to people? <laughs> you're, you're, you're in the headquarters. You know what's going down over at, at Billboard, and you 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 have some inside scoop. So either you're very uh, you're being very polite and nice right now, and being very jovial because you're going to let me down easy, or I, I, you're going to just okay. make my day. Yeah, well, you I think I'm going to make your day. I think I'm going to make your day, sir. Because really? yes, um, I, I want to be the first to officially congratulate you on debuting on the Billboard Hot 100 chart. And not only that, get this, <laughs> it's the highest new entry on the chart this week. <laughs> you're kidding me. No. You're kidding. You're joking. I'm not kidding. You're kidding me. This is great. This is unbelievable. The highest? Uh-huh. The highest this week. And and just you folks listening, truly, Jimmy does not know where the song is at on the chart yet. I'm the first to tell him. Yeah. Debuts at number 26 on the Hot 100. <laughs> oh, my God. You've got you to be only, kidding me, man. Not only have 20, your first chart hit, but you also... Yeah, top 40 hit. You have a top 40 hit, Jimmy. Oh, my goodness. Wait, I'm, like, freaking out right now. This is unbelievable. 26? I, I was, I was, I'd be happy with 99. This is unbelievable. I'm, like, freaking out right now. I have to call Will. I, this is nuts. This is absolutely... This is so exciting. I'm freaking out right now. This is so good. This is so good for for charities, the the charities involved. Uh this is crazy right now. I don't even understand this. 20 you, you are san- Yeah, you're sandwiched between Sam Smith and Chris Brown on the chart. Uh, for actual artist. actual artist. Actual yeah. actual recording well, artist. Actual artist? I don't know. But this is like you don't understand how exciting this is for me. This is I'm going to I have to print this out and frame this. I have I'm, this is nuts. I'm going to run around and tell everyone in my office, and people are just going to go nuts right now. I was just thinking, like you know, you're such a music fan and such a, a passionate fan of music. Like when you were younger, like did you ever think, like, hey, maybe I can be a singer one day and like be on the charts? Like did that ever cross your mind? <laughs> I mean, everyone has dreams, you know. And you, I remember just like you know, singing into you know, or lip syncing into a mirror when I was a kid and listening to the radio, and you know, and I wouldn't even, 
I wouldn't even dream of of of, of, of charting. Uh, having a song charge is crazy. But I mean, like, I wouldn't even know that this would even be a song. I just when Will I Am came on the show, and he just said he's a fan and he loves he loves you. You know, this character where I'm, I'm a 15 year old girl just going like listing things I think are ill. You know, he just likes it because it was fun and there's really just it's just a goofy sketch. And we've done it with you know Channing Tatum and you know we've done it with uh, Seth Rogen. Uh, and he kept his oh, beard, Gail, by the way. Michelle Obama. <laughs> oh, yeah, Everyone? of course, the First Lady of the United States. You know, <laughs> Taylor Swift. Yeah, big names. And so I said, yeah, we can do one with, with Will I Am. He goes, I even have a character name. It could be Mir I Am. So it's, it's Miriam. So I go, oh, I love that. So and he goes, and maybe, I goes, maybe we could even work in a song. I was like, huh? I was like, I would, lo- I would love that. I go, I, I always want to do like, an, a, a, like a fun, poppy song that kind of can mix in with like a Sir Mix-a-Lot type of and so he goes uh, I like that let me work on something and I'll get back to you I go okay and so then we gave each other emails uh, his is william at yahoo.com and uh, no I'm just I'm just kidding um, so, but, uh, he, <laughs> that's not he changed it since then uh, and two weeks later he actually had a track and words and lyrics, and I go, wait, well, this is becoming real, and it's actually a good song. So then we, uh, the comedy writers here, uh, we wrote some extra lyrics and just tweaked it a little bit, and then we said, what do you think of this? He goes, I'm in New York next week. We recorded it at a studio, and then we shot the video uh, in two days, that night and the next day, and I'm like, we had all these extras and these kids dancing and stuff like that, and I said, please don't tweet about this. Please, <laughs> please, I'm just asking you. I'm just believing you guys. Don't tweet about it until the song's released because nobody knows about this, and they, they all kept their word. No one tweeted, so it was kind of a good surprise for everybody. We kind of like beyonce this song. Oh, my God. that That's that's incredible, Keith. Um, he, he <laughs> I mean, he was Jimmy Fallon, top 40 hit. That was, you know, Un- no, he, unreal. He he lost his mind, as you could tell by the clip. He um, <laughs> has he not had a charting? Well, he's 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 charted like on our comedy albums charts. Yeah, because he has you know. songs that he's done. Like. Yeah, no, he's charted on our comedy digital songs chart. Right. You know, with uh, Justin Timberlake and right. all those all those tracks. And he's had a number. He's had a couple of number one comedy albums, and but he's never had a hit on the Billboard Hot 100. Gotcha. Like Glee has had more than a, like a hundred hits on the Hot 100. You've sang on Teenage Dream, which was a top ten hit on the Hot 100, but Jimmy has never been on the Hot 100 before. It's really hard to get wow. on the Hot 100. I'm really happy that I actually did something before Jimmy Fallon. That's you, cool. You got a hit before Jimmy Fallon did. Well, it wasn't me. It was Blaine, I guess. No, it's, it's all good. It's, it was hey, it was and, it was and, you at heart. And by the Come way, on. by the way, this gives me a perfect segue to mention how Darren, of course, has been uh, on the charts not just with Glee. Uh, you you had an EP that charted on our Heat Seekers chart before Glee yeah, happened. Yeah, it's crazy. And the the you've had the Star Kids stuff. Me and my dick. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> can't forget that was on our cast yeah. album. It's chart. fun hearing you say that, Keith. Cause me I and go, my dick. Wow, Keith. That's no, that's the first time I wrote about Darren. Actually, <laughs> it is true. Was well, before no. Glee ever happened, was about me and my dick. I'm just going to keep on saying that. Cause yeah, because it's just the joke just, just keeps getting better and better just, every time. Yeah, Especially people that don't know what we're talking about. It's just going to go. Why is this guy talking about him and his dick? Um, well, for those, I mean, I, I won't make this a huge, uh, well, it'll be a quick, um, uh, diversion from what we were talking about on the Hot 100, but, uh, yeah, when we, I guess my, my, uh, love affair with Billboard started with, uh, yeah, with, uh, a theater company that I had, had, um, been a part of right when I graduated college and we put independently an album out and, uh, because it was a cast album, you know, that is not as, uh, I'm careful with this, but 
it's my it's a little less competitive than the Hot 100. <laughs> a little less. Uh, just a little smaller. I mean, there's still competition, of course. But, but it was um, it was pretty. I don't think we'd ever had a, a student group ever chart a cast album on our Broadway ever. Chart. Yeah. yeah, and we were just kids. We we're like, what? How did this happen? My favorite thing was I remember when the Warbler album came out for Glee. That week was so fun because it came out the same week as a cast album for a musical that I had written called Starship. Yeah, and that. Both on the iTunes, I have, a, I have a screenshot of on the iTunes, which is a different chart, obviously, but on the iTunes chart, it kind of being neck and neck, but them switching between one and two. And obviously, they only stay for a couple hours. We're not talking about the longevity of like a Taylor Swift record or something. But still, in that moment, it was cool that I, I beat my own other record on the chart right. with another album. That it's nice people, to beat yourself on the charts. Yeah. Yeah. Me and my dick. Fun to beat myself. Should I not say that? <laughs> no. Ah, 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 that ah, is ah, the whole quote of the week. See, it's a stupid joke. Touché. The sound bite. Um, so, uh, yeah, you can yeah, talk about sound bites. There you go. There you go, fans. Have Go ahead and have run with that one. Have fun with that. They have enough fun sound bites from the other Starkid shows I've done. But uh, the uh, with with uh, the Starship thing, I think the one goal, not goal, the one um, accomplishment that I don't know how to explain to people because it was never... It was so quick, but, you know, so Wicked, when you talk about a juggernaut like Wicked, that's been on the cast album charts forever. Yeah. And, like, it just, that's how it is. I don't even want to think how many months, years it's been just a part of that kind of top whatever. And uh, we beat out Wicked for one week, I think, where we were, like, number one and Wicked was number two. Of course, Wicked, again, has been there for years and will continue to be there afterwards. And we, you know, went from, you know, you know, way back in the charts to number one and then we disappeared again but still but that week you that were one week wicked. we beat wicked we beat one of the most like high, the highest grossing musicals of all time um so that's my little kind that's of thing that's the beauty of the like, charts it's exactly even more than the teenage dream or any other stuff that i got to be a part of that's it was just such a funny thing to see like wow it's starship like this little cartoon of bugs and puppets above you know alphaba <laughs> <laughs> was just so and especially because they what is it they say numbers on the chart like or how many weeks on the chart Yeah, like weeks on the chart weeks on the New, chart so it's yeah. like yeah. wicked like five a, million like a million jillion yeah. you know and then <laughs> stark at one that was it but anyway that's we that's, did it the, the one magical week yep that is a Best that's pretty ever. cool Anyway, so um, so yes. anyway, anyway, um, so yes. so Keith, uh, let's talk about the Billboard 200 albums chart really quickly um, because we have a big debut this week. Jason Aldean splashes in at number one with one of the biggest debuts of the year, right? Yeah, it's actually uh, so his new album, Old Boots, New Dirt, debuts at number one on the Billboard 200. It sold. 278,000 copies, which is the third largest sales week of the year. The biggest, actually, for an independently distributed album, so that's pretty great. It's actually less than what his last album uh, started off with, uh, Night Train. Uh, Night Train uh, started much larger, 409,000, but that was also coming off of like the, the sort of phenomenal success of the My Kind of Party album, which came out before that, so it's you can't really compare the two. It's hard to do that, um, but still huge, and especially considering the way album sales are, this is actually a pretty significant achievement, so congrats to Jason Aldean. So he's he's been at number one before, but yes. this is his new one. So it old boots, new dirt. It's it's an apt title, some would say. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yes, I've got all my see old what I did boots there? on. Yes, I do. <laughs> also, uh, also debuting this week, uh, Hosier, after his SNL debut, and and you you know you see a lot of memes online that it's like, who is Hosier? Who who is this guy on SNL? 
Uh, well, he's a guy with a, a top ten debut. He he debuts at uh, number two, right? Take me to church. Well, that was oh, he just came in and he ran away. He just oh hooked, my hooked god, we Hosier. just had Hosier on. Yeah. That's crazy. What a star star packed podcast. It's, it's I think I think it's actually Hosier. I'm kidding. That was a stupid French joke. Uh, <laughs> you are French, aren't you? Yeah, exactly. I'm super French. You can tell by my accent. Oh, um, no, not at all. <laughs> no, that, oh, that sounded so mean-spirited. I didn't mean it that way. You're like French-Canadian. Am I wrong? Oh, no, no. no. Filipino-Irish. Okay. Close. I'm really... Um, <laughs> <laughs> really close. Um, no, I, I remember that now. I'm sorry. A lot of Filipinos are in Canada, though. So that's... It's, it He's trying to salvage my blunk up. So. Well, uh... Hosier. Ho- Hosier. No, I don't know. Do we, is, I've been calling him Hosier. It's, you know, it's funny when you have... A, a name Hoser. when somebody comes out when people are trying to c- c- like correct, like correctly say it like is it Tovelo? To- to- oh, we to- had a hard time to- with that one. For yeah, a while. well, it's Tovelo. But oh yeah, there was that like nobody knew how to say. Uh, Miss Little Tool House. Yeah, <laughs> it's a friend's reference. Me- Megahan, I know, I got it. Megahan Trainor. Um, <laughs> uh, hey man, as as someone whose last name is Lipshots, I I know the pain. I understand. I you understand just, the you feeling. You just have to remember like lip shot 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 shot. Just remember oh, that. Oh, see, that's great. You yeah. have a nice little inbuilt. Yeah, party my name anthem. is an LMFAO song, basically. Yeah. So. Anyway, uh, back to no, uh, cool back when, to Hosier. It's cool when people are trying to like figure out the name because obviously people liked him. Like I, I he he just uh, he's with Colombia now. He's a fellow mm-hmm. Colombian. I'm also part of the Colombia party circle. Um, I was really excited when I heard that because he's he kind of his vocal sort. It's we have if you really wanted to be an A and R man here, artists hate when you get kind of put into a box. But you know if you want to be really. Um, I guess suit suity about this. You have the perfect mesh between the kind of Sam Smith vocality with, you know, with your um, like James Blakey and uh, Sam Smith vocal resonance of that sort of very soulful. You know, there used to be blue eyed soul. Now there's like this like I don't even know what else to call this like new wave of soul voices that this are coming the Sam out. Sam Smith, who's your sort of yeah? Vibe. I was gonna say the James Blake because yeah. when I heard when I heard Sam Smith, I was like, oh, he's like a he's like an R and B pop right. James Blake, and then Hosier is this yeah. kind of interesting, you know, middle ground between the both of them. And I'm sure none of those guys would appreciate anybody saying you know compared to the because <laughs> they're all amazing artists in their own right. Very distinct. Yes. They're it's extremely distinct, but you know, one can't help but think of that kind of very soulful. Um, you know, male vocal ability. So as soon as I heard him, I was because when I heard, it, I honestly thought that it was a, uh, um, I thought that it was a, a like a James Blake cover or like a Sam Smith song. Like I just, it just had that um vibe. But it's a great song, and he sings the bleep out of it, man. Yeah. Oh my god, I've watched a few live performances of that, and I, I hadn't seen the SNL one, but I'd seen him perform on other shows. And he's he's good. The man. video, the, I remember I saw the video for the first time, like in February, and I was just like mesmerized because it's so, it's like a, it's just it's just amazing. And I'm and the song was already hit in the UK, and then it started mm-hmm. to percolate here. And we tipped him as a, as an artist to watch back in February in our bubbling under column, and it's amazing like what's happened since then. And um, so yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting to see what happens. Certainly with the Grammy Awards coming up, and uh, yeah. So it'll be it'll be interesting. Well, also, I mean, he's like he. I think the the mystique of a guy like when you have a name like again to to allude to Tovlo and to Hosier is you have these. I'm very much into the idea of of symbols and um, sort of monikers and and you know it, it creates it creates something bigger than the person. Like you don't know his name. They're both like there's a lot of sex appeal to that. He's this like kind of 
you know, he looks like a swashbuckling, you know, sort of troubadour <laughs> yeah. with the hair, and he has this beautiful voice. There's a lot of mystique and sex appeal to that that I think a lot of people will gravitate towards because he's, he isn't like a Steve so-and-so. Like, he's just this... Steve Smith. Steve Smith, yeah. His and obviously, new single, like, Take Me to Church. Yeah, Take Me to Church, you're like, who's Steve Smith? I mean, actually, what's in a name? You know, it's a classic thing. For songs good enough, so, it really wait, gives, wait, gives a bleep. Darren, does... Darren, does that mean that you're going to like change your name to like an unpronounceable symbol? Pull a yeah, prince and yeah. I'll just be like a hier- I'll be a hieroglyphic. Right. <laughs> It'll be like a bird. It'll be like a bird on a stick, like attacking an alligator. That'll be my. That'll be my secret name. You my know, when tr- Prince changed his name, he actually sent out floppy disks to all the publications, all the, all the industry publications, so people had the symbol. Billboard, Billboard actually had the floppy disk with the symbol on it because oh there was no one had the font to actually make the symbol. Back See, then. I would have been like, oh my God, you guys, Prince turned into a floppy disk. Yes. <laughs> so I look forward to getting a floppy disk. It's the disk ultimate from identity change. He's not, he's the artist formerly known as a human being is now turned into a piece of archaic media. <laughs> but back in the day, it wasn't archaic. Anyway, I know, I'm kidding. Mind. I know, I know, I know that was, that was an incorrect joke. You're right. He At the time, mess. that would have been a very, very hip thing to do. I feel like there's going to be a retro thing. Like I see a lot of you know kids out in Silver Lake giving out uh, you know um, cassette tapes for their cassettes are making a comeback. EPs, yeah, because it's like kind of cool. Where yeah, cassette store day now? Maybe I'll like try and compress some really low, 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 fi- lower than lo-fi, you know, record to where it's like underneath because a dip floppy disk contains like what like like ten kilobytes, six bytes, <laughs> six bytes. Yeah, I'll have like a two byte, oh my god, super compressed record <laughs> that just sounds like white noise. And you you can put it in a floppy disk, and that's where you get the the mono. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yes, that's a whole new genre. Yep, it's yeah. called. No, so okay. so look out look out for yeah. um. <laughs> Sorry, look Jason. out for the artist formerly known as Darren Chris putting out his album on a track next on year. A-tracks, yeah. On a track, yeah. Real yeah. to real. That's where, the, that's where the money is, done. guys. Yeah, money's in nostalgia. Look at Jack White. So, Sorry, <laughs> cool. He's cool. Sorry, Jason. Jason. Anyway, no, what no. were we talking about? Yeah, we're talking hey, about. Hey, uh, no worries, man. Hey, I, I, hey Hosier. let's, let's get down into wait, the Wait, where is he? We'll wrap it up on Hosier. He's, on, he's at what? Number two. He's at number two? Number two on the Billboard 200. No way. Number two. Debut's at number two. Good for him. That's awesome. That's great. I had no idea he's at Awesome. Place. I thought it was It wild. is funny. Like, it's, it's so funny how you have, like, one of those... Like, like like you guys have said, like we've talked about Hosier a little bit since like February, and then you have this one week where his album comes out, and he's on SNL, and he debuts at number two on the album's chart. It's just, it's just kind of like this perfect storm in terms of timing, and now people are, are kind of getting to know this song and this artist. Well, Jason, let me ask you um, something. It's pretty cool. Because uh, you've been sort of sure. curating this whole thing. So for, for you... We were talking earlier about reasons for why songs hit the charts, and do you think it's directly correlated to his SNL performance? I think that, well, I don't think so, just because the song has been rising over the past few weeks. Right. I just think that in terms of the timing for the album, and just people who might be able to like identify that song when it comes on the radio, but not really know who Hosier is, and can't really put a face to, to the name at all, or, or the song at all, I think that this is like the ideal for exposure and for kind of giving him a little bit more steam um, just in terms of recognition and, uh, and especially moving forward with, like Keith said, like Grammy season coming up, maybe the song gets a nomination or two. Like, yeah, I, I just think that this is kind of the best case scenario for a guy like Hozier whose song has been slowly but surely, you know, creeping up our charts. Yeah. So, yes. Well, there you go. I agree. I agree. Um, I concur. <laughs> hey, Jason. Well, um, Jason. Yeah. 
Um, this is not for the podcast. Are you close to running out of time there on your coast in terms of the time? No, I, I think, you know what? I think we're close to running out our time in general. Okay. So, uh, this has been awesome, but Keith, we got to wrap up with your chart stat of the week. All right. So this week, that was a great song. Yeah. Thanks. Talk about chart toppers. That's that that song is also sure, slowly but surely creeping uh, up. Creeping up, I can tell. Soon it'll be beating Jimmy Fallon's ooh. Um, this week in 1976, Stevie Wonder's "Songs in the Key of Life" album hit number one on the Billboard 200 chart. The hits-filled album topped the chart on October 16th, 1976, and spent 14 weeks at number one. Wonder's longest rule at number one. He's had multiple number one albums, but this was the biggest one. Uh, the album spun off four top 40 hit singles on the Billboard Hot 100, including two number ones, I Wish and Sir Duke. Uh, even the non-charting songs on the album are probably songs you already know, like Pastime Paradise, for example, which was later sampled in Coolio's number one Paradise. hit, Kansas Paradise. Uh, songs in the Key of Life won the Grammy Award for Album of the Year and is certified at 10 times platinum by the Recording Industry Association of America. Wonder, actually, and this is really cool, Wonder will celebrate Songs in the Key of Life later this year on the road. Yes! I know, I'm so excited. He's mounting an 11-city tour starting November 6th in New York City, where he will sing the 21-song album in its entirety. He'll probably sing other songs from his catalog as well. Uh, So there you go. Uh, There's your chart set of the week. This week in 1976, Stevie Wonder's Songs in the Key of Life reached number one on the Billboard 200 charts. (laughs) And if for whatever reason you don't have that album because you live in a cave and you never heard of Stevie Wonder, do yourself a huge favor and buy that. It's record. so good. It's one of the great, and go to, and go to the, the greatest shows if you can. I, of all time. I can't. I can't wait to go to that show in a couple weeks. Um, he's playing playing it in its entirety, like he, he said. I think I'm so going to take unbelievable. my parents. It's he has great. he has like uh, this ability. Like he still sounds like the virile like 16 year old kid that like hit Motown now yeah it's so crazy when you hear him sing yeah. like holy like how does that even how do you keep that up and you how go are you cv wonder Stevie well just because he keeps doing it he is Stevie. i mean it's in his last name he's just been doing that his whole life and the cool thing about Stevie wonder is he he's the ultimate like i don't care what party you're at like just play stevie wonder and everybody yeah. goes yay there's like no any there's no <laughs> discussion if one guy is upset like you don't want him at the party anyway but it's yeah. the ultimate, oh, cool, let's pick this party up. Everybody loves Stevie Wonder. Well, on that note, we uh, we unfortunately have to wrap up. Um, this has been like a, a super mondo pop shop podcast, and I have enjoyed every minute of it. Darren, Chris, man, thank Dude, you so much for stopping pleasure. by to co-host. Thank you for dealing with my uh, rants and ramblings. <laughs> He's taking my gig, basically, um, is what's happening here. Well, hey, man, any anytime you want to stop by... Um, you know, you're more than welcome. And again, watch out for Glee, the final season debuting on Fox in January. And uh, yeah, man, thanks again. Really do appreciate it. Cool. Thank you, man. All right, Keith, we will be back next week. Do you have any parting words? I do not. (laughs) All right. Well, (laughs) we got to go out. Uh, I I think I'm going to, I think we're going to go out on uh, some music that is uh, one of my favorite Darren Glee covers. Uh, Bills, Bills, Bills. (laughs) Got it. Let's, let's, Let's do it. Uh, the Glee version of Bills, Bills, Bills. Jason loves Let's Destiny do it. Thank- <laughs> thanks again, Darren. And thanks, uh, thanks for listening to all, and take care. Take care, guys.